Well, friends, this morning we are in the second week of our Disconnected series, and we're doing, I don't know if you were here last week, but if you weren't, you're in for a special treat. Um, we really believe that um, we can't talk about relationships and not be in relationship with one another, right? Like, we don't want to just talk at you. We want to talk with you. And so the way that we're doing this, if you might feel a little weird and a little awkward, um, but we call this uh, segment, we just want to create some relational time for you to get up, to get uh, something to eat, something to drink, but also to talk. And so the way that we want you to do that so you can grow in relationship, we're going to, Mark threw out a softball last week, like of what's your, like, hobby or something like. Um, I don't roll that way. If you know me, I don't roll that way. Um, I decided I'm going to throw a hot take at you. And our hot take this week that we want you to talk about when you get up, so don't just stand or sit there, like, because I know you, you all sit around the same spots all the time. Hey, I want to, people over here, there's people that exist over here. Middle people, I know you say I don't look at you, but there's people that exist on the side. I see you. So we're going to do this. This is the question I want you, when you get up, go get some coffee, get some uh, treats. I want you to uh, talk about this question. This is my hot take question. What's the best month in the Pacific Northwest and why? All right, we're going to give you five minutes. So grab up, grab some, some an online, talk to your neighbor. Hey, everybody, we're going to uh, come back in and we're going to have a seat. I know you could talk forever, um, but we are so excited uh, for that time. And I hope you can hear it online. There's a lot of hustle and bustle going on in here. So um, as we come back in, I want uh, you to know that this series launched off uh, in a particular way, is we invited all of our students to ask the question, like, what do you need to know about relationships? Uh, what do you need to hear? What do you need um, from us as the church that we're not talking about? And so there were so many good answers uh, by our students, but uh, we, had to do, we had to dwindle it down to a couple of num- uh, questions. And the question that really struck me and Mark um, that came up a lot and a lot and a lot um, was this question right here. It says, how do I have empathy for other people? This was the question that our students asked over and over and over and over again uh, as they are engaging in relationships. The question is, how do I have empathy for other people? And so this morning we're going to uh, talk about what does it look like for uh, Jesus, to, who is the embodiment of, of all things to us. Where in the world is he calling us to live out this life of empathy? So if you actually want to turn to Mark for, or Matthew 14, uh, it's the same text we talked about here in Kairos Kids. And so it's so good to know that we're talking about the same thing downstairs with our students as we are up here. And so parents, you are able to have tons of conversations with your kids. So this is Matthew chapter 14. If you have your Bibles physically or digitally, uh, I encourage you to bring them um, and to open them. Um, but now uh, this is starting in verse four t- or 13. It says this, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew the uh, by boat uh, to a solitary place. Let me say this, like, when he withdrew, it says, like, what was happening before is um, that John the Baptist had just been beheaded. And so uh, someone who prepared the way for him, 
um, had been killed, and so he is deeply wounded. And so when Jesus had heard what had happened to, to John the Baptist, he withdrew uh, by boat privately, privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away, so they can go into the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We only have five loaves uh, of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed uh, the people to sit down on the grass, take five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he had given it to them, to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were all satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were um, about 5,000 men besides women and children. So this morning, church, even I went and uh, grabbed uh, some coffee because, you know, if you know me, I need it. Um, but I want to say this one thing at the beginning. Our capacity for empathy and compassion correlates to the depth of the discipleship that we have with Jesus. Students, hear me. Your empathy and your compassion directly correlates to the discipleship and intimacy you have with Jesus. Because if Jesus is empathetic and compassionate to the people that came to him, then we too, who are followers of Jesus as disciples, and that discipling means apprenticing after Jesus, that we do the same thing that Jesus did. And so for us, what does that mean? How do we show empathy? Well, empathy really is this. It is entering into someone's story. Like we as disciples are entering into other people's story. Jesus here, the disciples here, are entering into other people's spaces and their stories. And you know what the funny thing is? I was studying for this, and I came along, along a story, or I mean a study that said this. It said those that, are read, that read fiction are more empathetic and less judgmental. So if you read fiction, you already have a leg up. If you don't read fiction, go read fiction. My friend Chris here is a fiction reader, and he is, I spent uh, the whole last weekend with him at a wedding of our friends, and this man showed so much empathy and compassion for people all across the board. And so I want to just encourage you, like, what does that mean? And why would that be true? Because in fiction, you're entering into the story, right? Anybody read any good fiction books? Like Lord of the Rings, right? Like you're entering into the story and you get lost in it. Did you hear that? You get lost. In a world where everything is about you, when the fact that you get lost and yourself is removed from the story, you don't see yourself as the protagonist or you don't see yourself in that book. When you are just in someone else's story, you get lost. And this is what happens when we are people of empathy. This is what happens with Jesus. This is what we are called to do. That even uh, in the church, of uh, Paul is writing to the Romans, he says this. He goes, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Like, the key words there are important. It's not, man, people rejoice with me. People mourn with me. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. You mourn with those who mourn. Empathy is always other-centric. It is always people-centric. It's always looking at other people and entering to their stories, not demanding that people have empathy for you and enter into your story. And this is what Jesus does when he gets here with the people that have come around the lake, have followed him, that he is in the midst of his own mourning, right? He is in the midst of his own mourning, hearing of John the Baptist being beheaded, and then he gets in the boat because he wants to go away, and all of a sudden the people follow him around, and they look at him, and they come to him, not just as like, hey, just teach us something. They come with their sick. They come with their broken. And he sees them. He enters into their story right where they are. As he says, in the midst of my own mourning, Jesus shows us the way of empathy. That even in the midst of it, he looks and sees the people. And he enters into their story. They're broken. He sees them. And so as disciples... Of Jesus, we are called to be people who move in, that Jesus comes with a heavy heart, and even though we come sometimes with a heavy heart, that often instead of Him, like my um, ability uh, to desire, and my desire when I am feeling heavy burden is to what? Retreat. Like, right, when we feel a heavy burden or something like that, or we feel like things are going in the world, it's like, or my stuff is too much, that I am going to retreat, deal with my own needs before I deal with the needs of others. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the one that we are discipling after. And so in the same way that Jesus, in the midst of life, in the midst of life, enters into other stories. And this is what it means to have empathy. Entering into someone's story. And so he enters into the crowd who he sees, who are broken, who are weary, who are looking for him to bring life and healing to their very souls and to their very bodies. And so we're about to be people of, of, of empathy because Jesus is empathetic to the people that he sees with them. But here's the thing I love about this is that we are not just only supposed to be empathetic because empathy is is entering into someone's story, but Jesus shows another way. Like could you imagine in this way if Jesus sees them, he's empathetic towards them, he's like, mm, "I know you're hurting. I know you're broken. I know you need from me, but I got my own stuff." We're supposed to be people not only of empathy but of compassion. And compassion is the response of our empathy as disciples of Jesus. Like here in this moment, he says that as the crowds came, that he saw them and, that conjunction, he saw them, had empathy over their situation and had compassion on them, and he began to heal them. Then when we talk about like that question that their students are, how do we have empathy? As followers of Jesus, we are supposed to move first with empathy and respond with compassion. Because I love if you don't get, if you like look at Jesus and you're like, mm, that's okay, but maybe the disciples always tell us another story. Like the, the disciples have empathy. Like later on it says this in the text. As evening approached, the disciples came to him, right? This is after he had healed them, 
right? So they had been there. Jesus had been healing. He saw them. He sees their sickness, their brokenness. He begins to heal. And so as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. And it's already late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Ooh, church, guilty. Like how many of us are like, "Mm, you know, I have empathy for your situation, but maybe you should go and see somebody else for this. Because I don't got time. I don't got head space. I don't got emotional space for this. Because the disciples, the disciples had empathy for them. They're talking amongst the group and they're saying, hey, Jesus, we've been talking to people. People are hungry. Let them go away. Stop, stop, stop healing. Stop teaching. Like, let them go so that they can deal for themselves with the situation that they're in because they're hungry. But Jesus says, I have compassion for them. Don't send them away. Not only have empathy for them in their situation, but also then move in compassion. He goes, have them sit down together. Men, women, children, have them sit together. And then, I love this, that Jesus does it. He he grabs the bread and the fish. He breaks it. He multiplies it. And then he invites the disciples. Jesus doesn't go from group to group. Because that's the thing. Sometimes that we believe that Jesus is just going to go from group to group to group to group to group to group to group and fix everything. What does it say in the text? He sent the disciples to go out and have compassion by feeding the very ones who are in need. What does that tell us? That Jesus, yes, is calling us to have empathy and having compassion, but he's giving us the ability and the call and the invitation to go and be compassionate to the ones around us. To be not only moved by our empathy, just not to just understand in our empathy, like to understand what is going on and the root cause and all the things, but then to, to fully understand and then move into action. Disciples of Jesus are never meant to be passive, but to be participants in the kingdom of God. And Jesus does this with his own disciples. Instead of disconnecting them from the relationship to the broader group, he connects them by inviting them into compassion. The reason why sometimes we're so um, disconnected from one another is A, because we don't know their story. Like how many of us here, like everybody here, I've heard said, maybe you've heard this thing, is that everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about. Everybody here is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. You're disconnected. And the way you reconnect is through our empathy, through being in, hearing someone's story. But not only that, but as being given the opportunity, the invitation to move into compassion to help heal the situation, to feed people's souls. Like, that's what Jesus did. He just didn't give them words and say, mm, good job, little girl, little boy big guy, go. Fasting is a good thing. I know you're hungry. No, he says, let me go and let me invite my disciples to go and minister in compassion. So what do we do? So what does that mean for us? Is that not only empathy is understanding, but compassion is acting. But when we see, when Jesus sees pain, when we see pain, we begin to enter into it empathetic. And then we begin to participate in the healing of others through compassion. When we see people hungry, we don't just be like, mm, I hope you get it. If they're spiritually hungry, we're like, mm, maybe somebody else will come along. But Jesus' invitation is for you to feed them. 
so that they might find and follow Jesus. But here's the last thing. When we talk about this idea of being disconnected and our desire as a Pine Lake Covenant Church, just as you uh, did, let me give you a little uh, kind of sneak peek into our staff meetings. Our staff was worried that five minutes was going to be forever. You know how long it took me to get you back into it? I felt like a classroom. It took you like 45 seconds. Hey, everybody come back. How good did it feel to be reconnected with one another? To begin to hear stories that you had not heard before. Why is that? What's the magic sauce? Empathy and compassion, they operate best in proximity. Just as relationships. Students, you ask the question, how do I be empathetic? And I'm not just talking to students, I'm talking to all of us. Empathy and compassion is done better in proximity. How do you feel when you're going through a situation and maybe you reach out and you latch out and you like open yourself up in vulnerability online and say, mm, I'm going through something and people are like, I hearted it. Or cry emoji. Like, like I'm just going to be honest, like a little bit, like if I had the, the most likes and the most like comments, like it makes, makes me feel a little good. But then what happens? Quickly. What happens quickly? It fades. Because the algorithm starts to work on somebody else's junk. And so you grow less. So the next time you look, you have less comments, new comments, less new likes. And you're right back where you began. Empathy and compassion are better in proximity, just as our relationships. The reality is that we're disconnected and that you ask the question, how do I have empathy for me? Is to move out away from the distance, whether it's digital, whether it's a phone call, to move in proximity. If you want to ask me if I am going through something that I can barely handle and I like put it out there and you just like text me, it makes me feel okay that you see me and you're empathetic. Maybe you call me and that is great and I love it and I feel and I hear your love. But what happens when somebody shows up at your door unannounced because they know what you're going through? They have empathy in your situation. They want to enter your story and they want to have compassion on you. The reason we feel so disconnected is because we've lost the part of that the key ingredient to empathy and compassion is being in proximity. The reason why we over the last few years have felt so disconnected from one another is because we have called ourselves to be disconnected and we forgot the fact is that being in proximity is the key ingredient to the relationships that help us grow to one another. I'm talking about us in the room. I'm talking about you online. I'm just going to say it as a pastor. You feel disconnected to the body of Christ? How close are you to the body of Christ? How in proximity, regularly, are you in to the body of Christ? You feel disconnected from Christ. How regularly are you actually physically getting into the presence of God in proximity to it and saying, God, have your way. Let me read because I know your word doesn't return void. And so I'm going to be in the proximity of your presence through the living word. And I am going to be changed. Because see, a God that lived in that empathy of my life, that instead of saying separated, that he came and lived in the body and the flesh to know my situation, 
to know my the temptations and my trials and to do this life in the way that I was supposed to do outside of sin. That he came and he knew my humanity, but did not leave me there. He had compassion on me. And he began to heal the broken spots in my life. Began to speak the truth over the lies that I had been listening to year and year and year and day and day, hour and hour, minute and minute. Church, it's so simple, yet it's so profound. Your disconnection is directly correlated to the proximity you have with Jesus and the proximity you have with one another. So when people come to my office and be like, mm, I'm just feeling disconnected to Jesus. I'm feeling disconnected to the people at Pine Lake. And I'm saying like, well, whose house are you going over to? Who are you having dinner with? What, what group are you in? What relationship are you having with Jesus in the word with yourself and with one another? I teach my kids this. I'm trying to teach them how to do this. And it comes out all the time. It just happened the other day. The kids were all on the trampoline, and trust me, bad parenting. They were playing, like, kicking fight on the trampoline. Anybody else play, like, kick and fight trampoline? And all of a sudden, like, boom, you just hear it. Thud. And it's like, ah, right? And you come out, and they're like, and I'm sitting out there, and they're like, you just, like, yeah, they're like, she kicked me in the stomach. I'm like, okay. I didn't kick you. I have empathy for you. I have a lot of empathy for you. You don't need to deal with me. Try to teach them how to do it with each other. You know what I tell them? (sighs) This might just hit you too much. And maybe you're like, Austin, you should never said it. (sighs) When my kid comes to me and says, she kicked me, and it's like, how do you heal with the one who injured you? When you're out of the presence of the one who injured you. Oh. How do you heal with the injury that exists within your heart when you're out of proximity to the one who provides the healing, the restoration? Both Christ and his bride. Trust me, church, I know that the church, you can come to me, but Pine Lake hurts me. I get it. I'll admit it. We do. But when you disconnect yourself from us, how do you let the healing begin? How do you let me enter in your story and hear the empathetic cry of your heart? And then I resonate with you, have compassion with you, begin the healing process by saying, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Church is not hard. But it's something I'm just going to say it. Over the last three years, people have been not willing to do. The global church has been this willingness to say, I can find and follow Jesus outside the proximity of the body. And I hope you're all looking at me. And I hope you're looking at me online. I'll tell you one thing. You can't. You absolutely, utterly can't. Show me in here where you can. And we'll change everything we do here at Pine Lake. 
I'm that committed to this relationship, to reconnecting us with one another. But you have to be in proximity to one another. You have to be. Because why we do, if you wonder what we do, everything is relationships for us. Everything. Because it's the way of Jesus. And if you don't want to relate ways of Jesus, I'm going to tell you, you're not living the way of Jesus. You're living some other good news that's not the good news of Jesus. And you will feel empty and void. So let's reconnect with one another and with Christ by getting in proximity to one another. Let's grow in discipleship to Jesus so that as we grow closer to him, our capacity for empathy and compassion increases as well. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I want to acknowledge right now in the room that we might have hit a nerve for many people. The nerve of being hurt by the body of Christ. The disappointment we may have felt in you that you, have answered, you haven't answered a prayer that we've been longing for. Or that people have not been empathetic to where we are. They haven't lived out your word. They haven't rejoiced when we were rejoicing. We haven't mourned where people have mourning. For everybody who's in this room, who's watching online, who watches later or whenever, as a follower of Jesus, if I have hurt you, if we have hurt you, would you accept our sincerest apology? Would you come and meet with the people that have hurt you to take the bold and terrifying step but the step that leads to healing. God, in whatever is going on in our life, will you reorient ourselves back to be in relationship with you and relationship with one another? It's the only way. You are the only way. God, may we say yes to your invitation to be people of empathy and compassion. Just as you saw people and you heard people so that you might heal them and feed them, God, will we see people, will we hear people, will we participate in the healing and the feeding of one another. We ask this in your name. Amen.